Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by the Climb Career Summit, which is powered by Weber Shanwick and fueled by Nike. What is the Climb? Well, I am so glad that you asked. The Climb is an interactive soft skills career summit that was created with ambitious middle career Black women in mind. The theme of the 2022 summit the Great Reshuffle, Redefining the Corporate Dream. So if you're trying to figure out what the next chapter of your career can look like, you want to be in the building. For more information on the climb, head to ictlsummit.com. Again, that's ictlsummit.com. And I look forward to seeing you. A lot of the women who engage with I Choose the Ladder on the consumer side, so be it attending our workshops, part of our corporate leaders society, most of them are women who are great at their jobs, who are trying to find a corporate home, who feel like they are ready for leadership, but just have not gotten the opportunity or the leaders or the people that be just don't see leadership in them. And honestly, it's frustrating. And so in this episode, I'm going to talk to you all, specifically the women who listen, who feel like they are ready for a leadership role, but for whatever reason are being overlooked. I'm going to talk to you today about how to prepare for leadership when you are not yet tapped to be in leadership at work. Um, one of the things that I will say, you know, shameless plug, is the climb, our career summit, is designed for women who are trying to break into leadership. So if you have not gotten a ticket for the climb, head on over to ictlsummit.com, get your ticket. There are virtual options, there are in-person options, there are VIP options, but ultimately we designed the summit to look at um, what is required to break into a leadership role and then we program around that. And we talk about that from a stance of not technical things, right? The ability to technically do your job, but what are all the other things that are required in order to be seen as someone who is ready to lead within the walls of a corporate organization. So outside of the climb, I'm gonna to talk to you about one, the difference between transitioning from being an individual contributor without people that you manage, and then becoming someone who is seen as ready to manage other people's careers and how you should be thinking about developing your skills and yourself in preparation for that. One of the things that I find a bit frustrating is that for most people, the first time people managers end up being their guinea pigs because obviously they've never managed people before. So they are learning on the job. They are figuring things on the job. But there are people who work for them whose careers are ultimately in their hands and they become kind of the test dummy for that person as they learn how to lead, as they learn how to manage, and as they hopefully learn how to effectively develop talent. But for a lot of folks, there is scarring, there is trauma from being part of that guinea pig, guinea pig class for managers. And so if you are someone who is actively pursuing becoming a people manager, this episode is definitely for you. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that managing people is a huge responsibility. And if you are someone who has managed people in the past, you know the weight of having that that being part of the responsibilities of your core job. And so do not take becoming a people manager lightly. You are ultimately holding the careers or a huge part of the careers of people's 
of, of people, right? Real live breathing humans in your hands. And so you need to take it with that level of seriousness, the preparation for that role. You need to take it really seriously because you could be the difference maker in whether someone decides to stay with a corporation or not, whether someone feels confident in their abilities or not, whether someone feels like corporate is for them or not, right? It's a huge deal. And if you've had a bad manager or ineffective manager before, you understand how harmful that can be. And so for me, as we try to um, develop the next generation of leaders, I want to make sure that we are preparing to be to be effective, to be human, to be um, inspiring, to be productive, that we are we are preparing the next generation of leaders to lead in a way that ultimately makes corporate a better, healthier place for everyone who works there. And so I'm going to talk about a few things that you should be thinking about or getting training on or getting answers to as you pursue that title that then makes you, transitions you from an individual contributor to a people manager. Um, ultimately, what for for when you are in your individual contributor stage, you are focusing on the mastery of the technical abilities of a specific job, right? You are figuring out how to do this thing, how to be in the weeds to get an output for your department, for your job, for your company. And so individual contributors are focused mostly on building up their technical knowledge for their job. And as it stands right now, a lot of that other development isn't prioritized um, when you are an individual contributor, right? What's What shifts when you become a people manager is that you're going from being someone who is focused on technical things to someone who is now expected to be able to think strategically, right? You are expected to be able to see the big picture. You are expected to be able to um, to have vision. You are expected to be able to um, mobilize people. And so the assumption is that you already have a mastery of the technical abilities. The challenge with that is that in your next chapter, your technical abilities are deprioritized because you will now have a team of individual contributors who are focused on the technical parts of your job. The challenge is you didn't get the skills, right? You didn't get visibility into or development for the other parts of your job that become critically important while you were an individual contributor because you are focused on mastering the technical parts. And what I will say to you all who are listening is that you have to find a way to ask up, advocate for um, development around the other things outside of your technical abilities that will then help you become an effective and productive manager, right? So the ways that you get that is being really great at the technical things first, right? So that's the cost of entry. And then advocating for development classes, workshops, conferences that then help you figure out how to go from an executor to a strategist and to think like a strategist and not an executor, right? Um, one of the ways that you can tell if you have made the switch, right? It's like when you're presented with a problem, how do you think about it, 
right? Do you think about the day-to-day in the weeds, nuanced things that need to happen or specific things that need to happen? Or do you think holistically about the problem where it fits into a larger problem or a larger objective and the different ways in which you could solve that issue, right? Or do you go directly to like, this is the one thing to do, this is how we do it, go point A, point B, point C, point. Can you think big picture, right? And so the changes that are going to happen when you become a manager, You're going to go from an executor to a strategist, and you're going to be expected to think in that way. The second thing to think about is that you're going to now have direct contact with more senior level people who are going to expect you to be able to conduct yourself in a specific way, right? Most of them are not going to be thinking about, again, the the in the weeds parts of your jobs, because the more senior you get, the less you actually spend doing the work and the more time you spend deciding what the work is and who the appropriate people are to do that work, right? And so senior level people are going to expect you to conduct yourself in a specific way. And so if you don't have, or you don't understand the proper etiquette around what it means to be a leader and how people lead, right? The the one, one thing that comes up all the time is like executive presence and what's expected. They say dress for the job you want and all of that kind of stuff. But there is a whole expectation around how when you are a senior level person, you conduct yourself. And you can you can learn some of that by observing how the senior managers or the senior level people in your organization, how they move through the organization, but you are going to have direct contact with them, people who may be two, three, four levels higher than you are. And so understanding what is expected of you in terms of your behavior um, is going to make a big difference. And then the the thing that I think is the most important, right? So you're going to think like a strategist. You're going to have to be in contact and conduct yourself in a way that is appropriate for the different levels of people you engage with. But the most important thing is that you're going to be responsible for developing the careers of others while also balancing your own desires for your career progression. And it is hard, right? Um, you go from only having to worry about your career and your promotion and your you know, advancement to now, if you have a team of five or 10 direct reports, you're now responsible for also thinking about their progression, helping them move along um, and, and making sure that they're happy and so that you keep them if they're high performing and you develop them if they're having some areas of struggle. And that is a challenge that a lot of managers don't talk about because it seems like you're complaining. And so how do you prepare yourself to be able to develop talent? That is part of your job as a manager. You'll hear frequently, you know, people don't quit jobs, they quit managers, right? Because if you feel like your manager doesn't care about your progression, they only want to keep you in this specific role, they don't care what you want for your career, they aren't helping you develop, they aren't giving you the resources, a lot of times that is what leads to retention challenges within organizations. And so are you someone who is ready or someone who is taking the appropriate measures to understand what it means to develop talent? what it means to be responsible for um, the development of other people. And then are you, if you've identified gaps, because again, you're a first time people manager, are you seeking out the resources to help you become better in that space? Um, So what what my recommendation would be in terms of what you should focus on or how do you prepare because you know these three changes are coming. And granted, these are not the only three changes, but in my opinion, they're the ones that are going to make the biggest difference, not only for you, but also for the people who are, you know, who are going to be managed by you. Um, those things are are going to make a difference in terms of 
your retention rate, your success rate, the effectiveness of your team. So the first thing that I think is the most important is that you become more self-aware, that you are aware of what your quirks are, you're aware of what your triggers are, you're aware of how you manage, you're you're, uh, um, aware of how you engage, you're aware of your relationship building style, you're aware of... um, how people perceive you, right? We say that, you know, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. You're aware about the things about you that are challenging to work with. You are aware of the the particularities of your personality. You're aware of your quirks, right? And you are like, you're not fighting them. You're at, you're developing them. You're not you're not saying, you know, you're not denying them, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. You're aware of who you are, what your desires are, um, what your motives are. And that can help inform how you communicate with your team, how you prepare them to engage with you, right? And so if you are someone who's not currently self-aware, it's going to be really hard to be an effective manager. And you can, you know, you can talk to maybe three of the closest people to you, people maybe that you've worked with, people in your life, and have them describe you and see what things surprise you about what they say about you and what things when they were listed off that they have in common. You're like, yep, I knew that. Yep, I knew that. Yep, I'm working on that. And then the things that surprise you, maybe do some, spend some time thinking about, you know, hmm, when does that show up? How does it show up? Why was it surprising? The second thing that you want to do is like you want to start making intentional choices, right? I think there are times where we let life happen to us or we let choices happen to us and we don't really choose. We don't make a, we don't make a choice and no choice is a choice, but you want to make sure that you are making intentional choices about how you move through work, how you move through life, because you want to be able to train other people to then be intentional about their choices and be able to stand behind them. And even if they are wrong, they have a rationale um, about why they made the choices that they did. You've thought enough about, you know, the big picture and the consequences and the implications of your choices. And you've decided based on the five things that are presented to me, here is the choice that I am making. And here's the reasons why, right? Because as a, as a manager, they're not going to, there are going to be times where you have to make tough choices for your employees, for your department, for your company. And if you have a process through which you make those decisions and filters through which you make those decisions, and you're thinking strategically about the impact of those decisions, you can then train people to be able to do the same things. But if you are always reacting to something or reacting to an environment, it makes it really hard for your team to feel settled, for people to have confidence in your ability to make decisions um, and actually stick with them. And it also makes it really hard to have um, environments where chaos isn't the norm. And that is the worst thing for people who are in leadership and, and for your teams, because people who operate in chaos, right. Don't tend to make the best choices. Um, it's kind of like when you're in survival mode and you're just doing whatever you need to do to survive. It's really hard to, to, to actually, um, to actually make the best choice. You may, you do the best with what you have or the information that you have, but you want to get into a habit of having a system of making intentional choices now so that when you are leading people, you can create an environment that is stable, that has stability, that allow people to, um, to feel grounded and can feel like they can trust you, your word, and your leadership. The next thing is that you want to improve your ability to communicate effectively. And when I, when people talk about communication, right, they, they, I think we tend to default with like, well, I say what's on my mind. Well, I say, you know, what I, what I mean. And sometimes people don't even do that. 
But my thing is that you want to make sure that you improve your ability to communicate effectively, right? And so to me, that means being able to communicate in a way that gets you your desired result. And sometimes that, again, goes back to self-awareness, right? And being aware of the people and the, the people who work with you and for you. Um, well, how do you need to talk to them in order to get the desired result from them? How do you need to talk to them or communicate to them to get whatever desired behavior change, to get whatever motivation, to get whatever it is that you're trying to get, right? The desired outcome. How do you communicate with different types of people? Because again, you it's not just you, the individual contributor. Now you have a variety of personalities on your team. You have people who are coming with different histories, different traumas, different expectations, who've had other managers before. And so for you, you need to make sure that um, as you look at your communication style, the question to ask is, is it effective? So the last three times that you had to ask for something um, or you needed something, were you able to get the desired result without a bunch of back and forth, without arguments, without um, like resentment, without people, you know, feeling like they're just doing this because, you know, and they don't understand why, right? And so being able to communicate effectively is going to ultimately lead to more pro productive teams. It's going to lead to people who are um, who are clearer. It's going to lead to people who um, feel more empowered, but it's also going to alleviate a lot of your headaches and a lot of your stresses, right? Um, because you won't have to spend so much time meeting, having meetings about meetings, having 12 emails about the same topic, um, and just people feeling like once you give them directive, they understand what the desired outcome is and they can actually execute on that. And then I would say, lastly, you want to become someone who can unify a group under a common goal. And you don't have to be in leadership now to do this, right? So if you are in um, a team, how how good are you getting con in getting consensus or getting people uh, mobilized under a, a project or initiative that you may be leading or working on? Because ultimately, that is your job as a leader is to unify your team in the most efficient, effective, productive, healthy way possible to achieve a common goal, whatever that goal is for your department or that goal is for your company or that goal is for that initiative, that is your job, right? And there are people who um, get consensus through fear, right? Which, you know, that is not, that is not something that I desire, but can you unify people? Do people actually want to follow you? When you make suggestions, are people um, resistant to it or do they, do they, are they excited to be working on something with you, right? The, the approach the attitudes about that that your team has or that people have currently when your name is brought up as leading a project or as being the point person for something, are they excited or are they kind of like, eh, I don't know. Those are things that you can work on now and figuring out what makes people excited to work under someone. Thinking back to your past, you know, managers, what were some of the reasons why you were excited about working with the ones that you were excited with uh, that you were excited about and what were some of the things that where you were like, eh, I didn't really like that person. I didn't really want to work with them. I didn't want to raise my hand for this project. I felt like I did it because I had to. I'm just here so I don't get fined, right? So work on unifying or being able to mobilize people under a common goal because ultimately your job is to be the strategic leader who can then mobilize the technical people to do the work right? That is that is your job. And as people trust you more, like you more, believe in you more, feel like you're consistent and you're reliable and you're stable and you're self-aware, they tend to want to be under your leadership. So start working on those things now, right? Taking small steps, identifying 
how self-aware you are and, and starting to work on the things that surprised you that you want to maybe get better at, make intentional choices and be able to justify and stand behind them, um, become more effective at communications with people above you, people at your level and people who may be more junior than you are. But ultimately, you want to become someone who can unify a group under a common goal and unify them um, to follow you willingly, not because they have no other choice. Um, but that's all I have to say about this. I think that, you know, some of the best leaders that I have had have been people who have been so um, solid in who they were and confident in their place in the work, in the organization. And they've allowed me to then grow and develop and blossom and also understanding that they didn't have me for life, right? They wanted to develop me so that when I moved on to the next place, um, my next manager or my next role, people would would feel like I had been prepared well, um, that my manager had trained me properly to, to be able to attack my career, not just to be able to work for that specific person. And so um, if you are a manager currently and you feel like you aren't great at some of these things, start working on them, come to the climb. Um, if you are someone who is not a manager but has a desire maybe take one or two of these points and start to be intentional about developing them today so that when your name does get called or the opportunity does um, present itself for you to move into a people manager role, um, you have what it takes to be successful. Um, you all know that I love to keep the conversation going. So as always, you can connect with me on social media at I Choose the Ladder, on LinkedIn at I Choose the Ladder. Um, and until next time, thank you for listening.